what were you refreshing for? Just to make sure that, you know, we had a good, clean copy of New Mutants to watch this week? It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes, it's Superhero Slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And welcome to the Superhero Slate review of New Mutants! Wow! We made it. Talk about a drought, Chris. Not only have we finally made it to New Mutants, but like you had to remind me what the last like true, mm-hmm. legit spoiler cast we did on the show was, and remind the yeah. the audience out there what was the last kind of like real An- movie. That another we another winner for 2020, Bloodshot, if you will. <laughs> uh, I believe it was in March. Uh, or something. It was 38 yeah. episodes ago, whatever that means for us. Yeah, so. that was right on the cusp of the coronavirus. And we both watched... Well, did you watch that one in person? Because I watched no. it at home. No, I no, no. I didn't get... It, it, we were already closed by then, I think. Yeah. I mean, the the funny thing is, is uh, when a movie's like really bad or mediocre, I usually forget about it. But I still feel like there is some positive points in Bloodshot. So it is huh. it is interesting after all these months now that they were talking about New Mutants. I still have some fond memories of Bloodshot. Not not large ones, but I'm hoping that director goes you, on to do good you, things. You, you're, putting, you're putting my mental gymnastics to work here. I'm like, I don't remember. I don't remember anything in that movie. <laughs> there there was a few There's, directorial highlights, yeah, but yeah, yeah, overall the story wasn't exactly the, uh, the best thing. There was some guy with some metal legs and another guy, an angry guy with arms, uh, who put his there gum. Was a woman with like a metal metal throat, I guess, yeah. gills, if you will. Yeah, and someone kept putting their gum under, you know, expensive equipment. Um, <laughs> but that, that's all we got. That's fine. But that's that's not what we're here. We're not here talking about Bloodshot. We're here talking about New Mutants. Finally. What's crazy about this movie is, like, not only was it re- was, has has it changed release dates and pushed back several times due to a merger and stuff like that. This was filmed over three years ago. Um, yeah, I was I was trying to like prime my wife when we sat down to watch it. I, I was like, oh, when did this movie come out? How long were we waiting for it? Just trying to give some historical context. Yeah, it, it was originally supposed to come out April of 2018. Um, so we're pushing up on three years of this, but due to the um, supposed beauty and, and and genius that Dark Phoenix was going to be, they decided <laughs> to delay it so they could get that out first. And um, do you remember that movie? Yeah, me neither. Um, <laughs> uh, so this was delayed, and then uh, Disney purchased Fox, and it was delayed, and then it was supposed to come out, what, it was April of this year, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And then they're like, uh, everything's shutting down, so we're going to put it out in August. It's been out in the theater since August, and this is the first time we got to really watch it. So um, Yeah, uh, the official digital home release, I believe, is November 17th. So if you're listening to this as soon as we drop this episode, you're still about a week away from being able to watch this at home. But if you've had a chance to watch it in theaters, I suppose you can kind of jive with our conversation later on in the show. Mm-hmm. But just like we do with all of our review episodes at the top of the show, it's going to be all spoiler free. Then we'll kind of give you big red flashing light warnings when we talk about spoilers. But I don't know about you, Chris. I think 
pretty much all of the enthusiasm for this movie and the Fox X-Men franchise dried up a long time yeah. ago, probably right after Logan is when is when the is when the drought started. And uh, I don't think anybody is really too excited about this movie. And um, I had this weird feeling when I was watching it of when I watch these superhero movies, especially like a Marvel movie, whether it's Marvel Studios or not, like I'm always waiting to see, oh, what's the end credits going to mm-hmm. be? What's the what's the hook that's going to tie into other stuff? Like when's the, when am I going to see these characters again? Uh, I'm looking forward to the next big adventure. And watching this, you just know you're not going to get it. So it's kind of like trying to watch like Punisher season two. You mm-hmm. know, it's just <laughs> like there's nothing else after well, it. So or, or Luke Cage season two, any of those Netflix series that really didn't get a nice wrap up bow at the end well well i think i think i'm the other way as well i I don't think a movie has to have a next movie for it to be successful and knowing the troubled history of this one i'm like at least we got to see something this year um because every as far as we know what are we gonna get this year i think wonder woman's still on the schedule and i'm 99 percent sure that ain't happening uh, on Christmas, um, so I'm really surprised. You know, I, I I'm really surprised this didn't go straight to, to streaming. But again, I know we've talked about contractual rights and and, and things like that. Um, I, I I agree with you. I think you know, um, Deadpool two uh, and Logan were probably the last two movies I had a good time with in the X Men franchise, right? But um, mm-hmm. Dark Phoenix and Apocalypse were just a kick in the jaw. Um, <laughs> but that's unfair to this because I think this movie I think uh, ties actually into Logan. Uh, some parts and, and we can talk about that here in spoilers but i i do enjoy that it's not um this movie is quite the opposite of the last one dark phoenix and uh, apocalypse because this is not a bombastic film like they don't go out in the cities they don't blow up towns like the effects are minimal the cast is minimal the location i'm pretty sure was just some sort of um abandoned uh, uh hospital uh where they probably Probably in Georgia, because I feel like that's where everything was filmed uh, in the last decade. But uh, yeah, let's just get into it, Chris. Uh, Spoiler free. uh, Tell me what you thought about this movie, because, Chris, I'm just dying (laughs) to talk about anything new. We have not talked about anything new, hot off the presses uh, all summer. So we finally have, like, I would say, like a mainline superhero movie to talk about. You know, that's not just a random, like, image comic, you know, that's getting adapted. This is a Marvel movie. Movie for all intents and purposes, I guess it's associated with Marvel yeah. Entertainment, as the beginning credits would say. But yeah, it's, let's talk some Marvel comic book superheroes. Some some superheroes. So what? Um, I, this movie I went in again after the the tremendous kicking that I got while watching Dark Phoenix. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I went into this uh, very very low expectation. So again, bars the lowest. This is it. They've delayed it for three years. What the hell's wrong with this movie? Um, and I actually came out uh, not 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 positive, but I actually didn't mind watching it. I was kind of stuck to my seat watching it more than I thought I would. And I think this has a very strong group of actors. Um, the cast really felt good. They're all familiar, right? We know. I think I know everyone in there except um, Henry Zaga. I think I, he's the only one I, I don't think I'd seen before in something. So I think the acting was really good. I think it was nice that it was small and tight, but it is kind of a. Um, vanilla plot line like it this this literally could be taken from any other x-men story that's ever happened even the book and be like yeah this is this is an x-men movie through and through like you're 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 all here you this is what's happening to you and and you can't really help it 
Um, so I, I, I lean towards that. Like I, I had a good time because I'm like the acting's good, the story's. Good. I really enjoyed some some of the character interactions, but the plot did not do any of these people any any favors along the way. So I I'm a, I'm a lukewarm on this. I'm not gonna be like you have to go watch it. Uh, this is a definitely wait for streaming service movie. If I had to rank it anywhere from go risk your life in the theaters or wait till it comes <laughs> out and on streaming at home, I am a firm wait till it comes out at home. But it wasn't nearly as I would, I would put this above dark Phoenix the last X-Men movie we saw. So that's my thoughts in a nutshell without saying anything, because there's a lot in this movie. I, I don't want to give away, even though it's probably easily guessed throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So Mike lay it on me. I don't even know when you watched this. I just woke up yesterday and said, <laughs> Hey Mike, let's watch it this weekend. And you said, all right, let's do it. And yeah. uh, I don't know when you watch it. I don't know how you watch it. What do you got for me? Yeah, I watched it this morning, actually, so I'm pretty fresh off the movie. Me too. (laughs) And man, I wish this movie was awful, or I wished it was great, because unfortunately, it just kind of falls into this very meandering kind of uh, X-Men movie in the the grand scheme of all uh, Fox X-Men movies, because it's been, like we said, seven months since we've been able to really talk about a new released comic book movie, and I wish it was really, really bad, so I could like kind of rant about something or go on and on about something, or if it was a secret surprise, and I wish Kevin Feige could find a way to keep it in the MCU, and I could give all these recommendations of, oh, things they can do but unfortunately i don't think there's a whole lot here to really really uh kind of dig <laughs> your hooks into it was just kind of all right you know uh from the the, the the premise of the movie is all right. You know, I did a little research after the movie was over, and it seems like this is a pretty strong adaptation of a New Mutants comic that kind of deals with the uh, the demon bear, which isn't really a spoiler. It's in one of the many trailer cuts that they've had for this film over the years. Uh, so I would assume somebody that's a really strong New Mutants fan probably was vibing with some of the story points. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just does kind of make you feel wanting, right? It does make me wonder what this movie could have been if Josh Boone that's the director if I remember yes, right that's I know it's Boone something yep. if Josh Boone knew that this was going to be the last X-Men movie if that was going to happen it never would have gotten made mm-hmm. because uh, they just wouldn't have wasted their money on it but uh, yeah you just kind of keep seeing hints and easter eggs of where the movie could go kind of trying to restart this uh, new mutants universe I mean like they say the word new mutants you're new uh, mutants uh, just kind of letting the <laughs> Letting the audience know, hey, we're restarting this that, whole thing, right? You're new, that, right? Well, that's, that's also my favorite part of it because I'm like, oh, they said the name of the movie. Uh, the, I, I love doing <laughs> yeah. that. My wife's like, you, you, you gotta, you gotta cut yeah, that out. It's that Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio meme, right? Yeah. Where he's like pointing at the TV, like, oh, they said the they title said the title of the, title of the movie. movie, yeah. So, like, I can appreciate all these things that are happening, but, like, unfortunately, I can't forget about the context of the movie. And, like I said, I don't even get some of my favorite stuff in this film uh, because, you know, it's not continuing on. So I can't really connect with a lot of the world building that they're doing here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. but yeah, it was just all right. You know, yeah. some of the special effects were fun when they popped up because it is kind of this, uh, this kind of, uh, I, like everyone was saying this was going to be like a horror movie, right? Uh, this mm. is the way they're pivoting the film. I would say it's just more of they took the horror seasoning out of the cabinet and the seasoning was kind of old. So it's already kind of started to dilute and like the strength of it has, has dwindled over time. So when you kind of dash it into your, into your X-Men chili, you're not really tasting it that much. So, uh, 
like no one's gonna really be scared of this movie until you're in, unless you're showing it to a really tiny kid mm-hmm. there's some spooky kind of monsters in the movie that are kind of interesting to look at but I wish you kind of could have learned more kind of about this world that kind of bring that brings these uh, creatures to life and I feel like we could have known more about it if we've seen like a sequel in the future but yeah, yeah overall like nothing was really truly offensive except for maybe some of the accents yeah. <laughs> which were uh, I, I believe three char- I believe three of the main characters which is like half the cast were doing some sort of accent I mean I guess I don't know these these people in the in their real lives and what they actually sound like but so that was a little bit of a struggle to to get over but yeah overall I mean <laughs> yeah I mean I think I feel like we just gotta jump in yeah. jump into spoilers now because it's kind of hard for me to talk more about this movie you know if I had the ability to meet up with friends in person uh, we would probably only talk about this movie for a couple minutes and then we would just go on and start talking about Mandalorian or how excited we are to watch WandaVision and talk about that trailer I feel like this would not occupy a lot of conversation if I I had the ability to uh, see a person in real life. Yeah, no, I agree. So let's let's jump into it. I think um, one of the things is, um, you know, for this is uh, this is they actually use before I forget they actually use archival footage from Logan in this movie. Um, yeah, that was I would say that was a fun surprise because, yeah. you know, when this movie could have possibly turned into something, uh, I would have been watching this going like, "Ooh, where does this yeah. fit within this X-Men universe that they've created? We have these fractured timelines. You know, we have these kind of offshoots of, you know, is Deadpool really part of the X-Men universe? Isn't mm-hmm. he or does it not matter? Are they using new mutants to kind of reboot something? When yeah. we talked about these trailers in the news episodes, you know, for years, I guess we can use that plural now we were trying to figure out the time of this movie right it seemed like they intentionally avoided things like cell phones or technology you know they're using like old crt tvs in the movie but kind of some of the i would say some of the the ui on those tvs seemed a little high end so it's just like yeah where does this fit within the universe but then when they showed that kind of logan uh uh facility footage of those kids being trained I was like my brain kind of kick-started because it's been a while since I've seen Logan I was like wait a minute Mm -hmm. that looks like the facility from Logan so then it was like oh I see what Fox was trying to do here they hit it out of the park with Logan they kind of created this fractured universe within the X-Men timeline that they created that was going really really well for them so they're like yeah Let's start something brand new with these new mutants. And you can already see that um, X-23 at some point in time was going to meet up with these kids. If maybe not the next movie, maybe the third one or something like that. So it was kind of fun to see what Josh Boone kind of was able to do. They were just like, hey, create this new movie in this universe. And at some point in time, we'll get around to connecting it to Logan. And and I think it... I think it does tie it to that, but it, it does it in a, a Marvel way. We're like, oh, this is footage. These are actually Daphne Keene is in that footage. You're like, oh, this is from that. So this is obviously in the future or, or you know, right after that movie or in that sense. So they could have done it without having to like be very um, expressive. Like, like this is definitely next to Logan. You know, and they could have come in because th- we've talked about before the next movie. They, they were going to have Antonio Banderas um, be Roberto's father. And, mm-hmm. and be working with the Hellfire Club, which was actually in uh, first class, right? So 
there was some ways that they were going to weave these in a little little longer down the road, which is sad we didn't get them. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, they made it feel like even if you hadn't seen Logan, you're not going to miss this reference kind of thing, which was which is good. Um, I think I think I I to be honest, of all the trailers I saw, I did not expect the Maisie Williams Blue Hunt character uh, romance in this movie. That was a huge shock to me, not in a bad way, but I'm like, I didn't see this coming from all the trailers. And I don't know if you saw that coming or planned on that, but I was like, I didn't, I didn't see it coming. And I, I feel blindsided because I feel like everything about this movie has been pretty much shown everywhere else. So, I mean, how, how do you feel about that? Yeah. Like that, that's the thing when you're watching this movie, like you can't really tell if they know if the, if the director intended for the audience to know exactly what was going to happen in the plot. And it was just the teenagers in this facility that were ignorant, or if we were supposed to be like, uh, in a mysterious kind of point of view of where are these creatures coming from? What's exactly happened? Because I mean, right off at the, at the beginning of the movie, uh, when you meet, um, when you meet uh, uh, Danny, as the, Danny, as they call her, Danny Moonstar, you know, when she wakes up in a hospital, you know, handcuffed to a bed, you know, you know, things aren't going off well. Like if she was actually being treated humanely, she wouldn't have woke up in handcuffs. So I feel like I was, you know, on edge, you know, with this facility the whole time. Mm-hmm. And if you're watching the trailers and you see like the spooky, creepy stuff in there, and it's not like, it's not like creatures like, uh, you know, attacking the facility. Like there's actually cut, uh, there's cut things from the trailer where you see creatures like coming out of the water walls and stuff like that the walls like bending in uh so it's like you knew this facility in general was gonna there was gonna be something wrong with it so i never once thought that they were going to graduate and go off to the x-men or anything like that but yeah it was a little bit i would say it was a slight bit of a twist that uh danny's power was the one that was attacking everybody um you know they kind of slowly start to reveal it so it's not like one big like turn in the movie of like oh guess what it's actually her doing it if you put it together like these creepy stuff happens when kind of she's being experimented on it on or extremely stressed so i would say i got there probably before maybe the director intended the audience to yeah. get there and i'm not trying to like clout myself up like oh look at me i, I think pretty much anybody could pick up on it if they're really paying attention well, it, well i think so as well i think it was more i meant the um uh, danny moonstar and rain's relationship I didn't. Oh, I, I didn't see, see that coming. I I knew Demon Bear was the villain. I knew this was Danny. That's that's from her uh. comic book. Whenever the the first New Mutants started, but I was like, I did like this is a, a five was it five um, teenagers essentially trapped in a in a mental facility. It felt like, and I felt like <laughs> this is exactly how they would do. They had the little upstairs thing where they had their lie detector test, and they like no one can see us up here, but really they're being watched the whole time. I'm like, this feels. Yeah, but I, I didn't see that relationship happening in this movie. And that, that really, despite what I saw, that was very surprising. But yes, I agree with you. I think they, um, they foreshadowed like, you know, hey, she's being chased by a bear and she's wearing a bear necklace. Let's put two and two together here, right? It's probably probably something yeah. to do there. Yeah. How is she the only one not hurt, but her whole village was destroyed? Yeah. Uh, kind of one of those things. Yeah. Um, the, the facility in general, them kind of being locked down and controlled by this doctor, reminded me a little bit of The Boys Season 2 when we were talking about that one yes. facility where all the people were trapped in. But the but the thing that really worked with that episode or that situation is just like if these people got out of line, they were burned alive. I feel like this movie could have benefited from maybe there was a teenager there earlier. Mm-hmm. That was like explicitly maybe murdered in front of them. So, someone someone who has them. disappeared even. Like Yeah, 
like some sort of mysterious circumstances because yeah. there's an inflection point in this in this movie where um, uh, what's her name uh, Anya. Uh, no, Ileana. Th- yeah, that, magic. That's her name. Ma- yeah, I'm thinking of the actress's name. Yeah. Where she like literally insinuates like, "I'm going to kill you, and then we'll get out of here." I've killed 18 people already, and that's the point I was really waiting for. Is like, when will all of these mm-hmm. like teenagers with like murderous powers realize that they can just kill this doctor and get out of here? Mm-hmm. So I know that what you're pl- what like they're playing with is like, oh well, these are teenagers. And they're not really sure about themselves. They all think that they're in trouble. They don't know exactly what's going to happen to them in the future. So they're trusting the only adult in there but I just felt like the adult lost a lot of the high ground that they had really early on so for a while I was just like why don't they just escape why don't they get out of here why are they so complacent I was almost expecting a scene also where maybe they're getting like microdosed or they're they're giving them like prescriptions that are kind of like toning Mm -hmm. them down or something because I was just like just kill this woman and get out of here already you could easily like one up this woman like even if you didn't have powers if you just caught her off guard like you could just like strangle her i know like that's not the type of movie that they're making here but it just seems like if the solution is so easy uh for me to imagine you got to find a way to get me uh, get me just to stop thinking about that the whole movie literally the only way the the only thing they could have done to do that would have been to show her powers before the end of the movie that she creates those the, uh, force the fields. Doctors? Yeah, like, oh, like, 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 you powers, can't yeah. get me because I make these force fields faster than you can get me, and I can hurt yeah, you more exactly. with them. Like, um, I don't want to, but I have to. But they didn't really show her powers. What until she saved um, Danny from um, Magic Sword, and then mm-hmm. um, the the ending where she kind of squished him. But I'm like, you should have brought these up more earlier. Like, you know that that would have been probably better for that. I would have liked. I, I think. I think magic was was used. Um, you know, she's a punk. She's a rebel, right? But she's also mm-hmm. in the comic books. Colossus's sister. So um, this this limbo she is quote unquote created. I would have loved to see more of. Um, we just saw flashes so here and it- there, and I, I would have liked to seen that. Yeah, so let's talk about her. I think she's honestly the most interesting character in the movie because it seems like she has probably the most traumatic backstory Mm -hmm. with these weird, bizarre creatures. Now, I'm curious if those creatures are actually real from her past or if she's just remembering normal men as monsters so they manifest as monsters. it. It is implied that she is assaulted by men as, as a young girl. Because because notice they had all those Russian tattoos and suits on. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I kind of that's what I was kind of getting at. But I was like, oh man, if she actually did come from like some sort of weird origin where those monsters exist. But 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 she she has the ability to go into in the comic books again. I'm just gonna say she has the ability to go into this dimension limbo. But you know how like Nightcrawler goes into the Brimstone dimension and pops out. Yeah, she does this, but her dimension limbo is 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 a bunch of demons and stuff like that. So that so if. So in the comic book lore, since she is related to Colossus, is she kind of using that that kind of family lineage power to put that armor on yeah, her arm? Th- she 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 does have that. That's part of it. Is um she can gotcha. she can turn on some of her metal. Because I just wanted so much more explanation. Because yeah. I could kind of get how maybe she could I like. Because I was trying to figure out, did she learn magic? What exactly is her mutant power? Because she's mm-hmm. like teleporting, she's going around. It just wasn't really clear. And you know that's totally fine. You don't have to telegraph all of this. We, you know, we because we eventually would have gotten to it possibly in a sequel. But it's just like, yeah, it's like you're getting all of this, all of these tidbits about these characters, and you don't really get any more. Um, mm-hmm. 
I think Charlie Heaton's character was also really interesting. That whole coal mining backstory. Yep. Uh, his accent was kind of throwing me off. Like every once in a while, it would be really hillbilly hick, but then it would kind of drop. But I really like that idea. I love the idea of a hillbilly mutant, you yeah. know, that's kind of a good guy, not just kind of some one-off joke of like some hillbilly trying to kill well, you in the forest. <laughs> well, him, um, Cannonball, and uh, Sunspot, which was Robert DaCosta, uh, are actually uh, in the Avengers comics as well. They end up joining the Avengers in about 2012. It's, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're super powerful mutants, but they don't really portray them as overly powerful in here because they're still learning their stuff. But yeah. Um, I, I, I like, I like Charlie Heaton. I, I think, you know, I don't know why he had the cast on his arm. Was that like a real life thing? They didn't explain that the whole way through. I think, I think maybe that was explained by like when he's he was crap. chained to that thing in that like tennis court or whatever, when they were outside, yeah. he's like, Oh, he just, it seems like he's going out of his way to hurt himself. So I guess we are yeah. to assume maybe a few weeks to maybe a month before, mm-hmm. um, what's her face gets there. Maybe he, yeah. maybe he broke his arm or something like yeah. that. Yeah. They kind of left that. Uh, but then also, um, Henry Zaga as, um, sunspot. I think, the, the 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 flaming girlfriend in the pool was probably one of the creepiest effects yeah, of the whole thing that, and i was like that that's was awesome creepy. <laughs> yeah and like talk about really traumatic i mean this is one thing that has always been really really great about x-men just in general from storytelling whether you're talking about comic books or movies is you can always use them as kind of like a stand-in for like discrimination or racism in your storytelling but also you can really tell like coming of age puberty stories because like you know these powers usually manifest when you're going through puberty and talk about like a yeah. weird time where you don't know your body so yeah the fact that he like burned his girlfriend alive while they're kind of like getting hot and heavy like that would be so yeah. traumatizing you know all of these characters you know are united by like the crazy stuff that they did in their mm-hmm. past so it's like all of the storytelling storytelling elements are here in the movie yeah they just really they just didn't quite fire off like you yeah. wanted them to. There, there was a lot to left uh to the imagination they, they either needed to lean into story or horror more Either mm-hmm. if they would have leaned into horror, we would need the explanations, right? Like it's all scary stuff, but they kind of like set in this middle ground, and it's not quite satisfying. Um, I also want to point out um, an Easter egg. Um, Sunspot is in Days of Future Past. He is in the um, the future. He's the guy with the fi- the flames who's fighting the the Sentinels off while they're using Rogue to, or not Rogue. Um, yeah, not not the same actor though. Not just the same actor, just the same character. Yeah. So everyone's like, "Oh, it's the first time." I'm like, "No, he's not the first time. He's he's been in stuff before." Uh, and then lastly, uh, I think probably the most famous actress in this, uh, Maisie Williams, um, as as a uh, the um, Irish uh, Rain Sinclair, who is essentially a werewolf of sorts. So I I probably need to do a little bit of research to see what Maisie Williams sounds like normally. I I just assume Maisie Williams sounds like how she does in Game of Thrones, just because those are all kind of like English and Danish actors. So it just seems like they would keep their normal accent. But at the beginning of the movie, I thought Maisie Maisie Williams was trying to be do like a normal American English accent. And then like it seemed to transition into like almost like light Irish. Like she was just like not trying to ham it up that much. So I was going all over the place with her accent. I couldn't really keep track yeah. with what was going on, so I don't know if if something was happening there in ADR or if that was a choice. I I just want a little information yeah. out there, so maybe I'll need to do a little research on the 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 uh, accent choice for this film. Yeah, well, she she um, the character is Irish, um, so that's probably I, they probably didn't like it. Enough I mean, it, to, and then maybe like gotta redo it. 
Uh, I mean, it makes sense, you know, if you're kind of going with that extremely Catholic yeah. punishment. Or Scottish, I'm sorry, Scottish. For being a wolf. Scottish, yeah. sorry. Yeah, mm-hmm. so Scottish Catholic, and, and she's kind of a werewolf or... Uh, she can turn into like a full wolf or that halfway state is her ability in the comics. And I think they kind of nailed it a little bit. Um, you know, I, I think she was a little like as a character who turns into a werewolf. I think she's a little too nice in this movie. Um, I think. Well, yeah, it, she was never super intimidating, right? Yeah. Like I could, fe- I could see the advantage of turning into like a full fledged dog or wolf or whatever you want to call it, you know, just to kind of do some covert ops or just trying to get from point A to point B, you know, there is advantages to just having normal dog like powers, right? You know, you can, she was doing like the Wolverine stuff where like you could hear and smell stuff very, very well. But when she kind of turns into that hybrid, I was just like, well, what's her power? She's just scratching things Mm -hmm. a lot. And I I agree. I wouldn't want to be scratched by her. Like it would hurt. She could take your eye out. She could really rip up your flesh. But I was just kind of like, you know, what's her edge here? You know, what's her X factor besides like fitting into vents? So I don't know. Like another thing is maybe in a sequel, once she adapts to her powers more, maybe she turns into like a real kind of like wolf thing, like a wolf man, werewolf type creature. That would have been cool to see. Well, I think, I think the, the, the point is possibly a feralness kind of like Wolverines, um, but Mm -hmm. like on on a smaller scale, of course, but like she never, she always had control. Um, And it seems like nobody else had control of their powers. uh, And, but she seemed like the only one who did. Uh, and lastly, the main character, um, who is, um, her name's Blue Hunt, the actress, Danny Moonstar. I think she's a good actress. I just think, you know, um, you know, why, why did her abilities affect certain people at certain times and not the whole facility is my last question. Yeah, and it, and it seemed like her powers never affected, uh, Dr. Reyes in the facility, right? right? That would have she been... always seemed to be immune. And like <sighs> when, when she had all of her bubbles over all of the cast and, you know, she was, I don't know if she was trying to crush them or suffocate them. I wasn't exactly sure how she was, uh, yeah. how she was taking them out, but I was just like, Oh, whatever her greatest fear is about to come and like whip her butt. We're finally going to see it. But like, no, it was the bear caminator. And that was the coolest scene in the movie. I have to say seeing the bear eat her was like really visceral. It was satisfying. And I was like, that's cool. I'm like at the very least the the price of admission is worth seeing that bear eat somebody. Yeah, exactly. And I think once they use all their powers against the bear was a really good fight scene throughout the end there. Like, you know, all of them, I mean, yeah, it's kind of standard, you know, even Marvel stuff, one ability, one person at a time learning their abilities, like kind of fighting, but I still thought it was pretty good. Especially whenever she brought her Lockheed version, the the dragon version, into the real world. Um, to- I mean, I, I don't think I don't think I was a fan of this version like Lockheed? of Lockheed. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I don't know if Lockheed would really ever work in in a live action universe like maybe if they went with the alien origin of it i could see uh, it kind of being kind of of a guardians origin not necessarily in guardians of the galaxy but you know who knows maybe it could kind of stumble off a spaceship and and meet like katie pride in like a future x-men movie maybe that could work but like lockheed almost is cartoony just just on a comic book page so when he came to life i was just kind of like i guess it's cool that i'm finally seeing a lockheed but i wasn't really connecting to it all that well i think i think it was i think it was a great indication because in this magic's abilities are the fact that she is magic she can make things happen in reality not that she goes into another portal um so the fact that she took her puppet who seems to be like her emotional support you know token uh, throughout the whole movie and turned it into an actual something that, that could help her. And this fact was pretty cool. And seeing her like swipe at the bear and then it would go like to limbo and then back, I thought was pretty, I, I thought it was a good use of effects for that. Like it could have just been her swiping at it with a sword uh, forever, but I, I enjoyed yeah. that, that they added more to it. 
Yeah, the, the the greatness of the 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 ability of this movie being smaller scale, it seemed like the effects really punched when they happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but when we were talking about Ileana, I think one kind of character storytelling flaw that this movie, I don't know if maybe it's on the cutting room floor somewhere or maybe in possibly some of these reshoots that, that never made it into the film. Uh, like she was, you know, scared of like these creatures that were coming to life and attacking her. Like, you know, she literally leaves um, uh, Charlie Heaton like stranded in that hallway. Yeah. You know, she's like, oh, and she she runs away. So you're like, oh, OK, she, she's scared of these things from her past and she's going to have to overcome them. And we never really see yeah. what makes her overcome them. Just the next scene, she's just in the stairwell, like chopping them the bits, which was cool. But it was just like, well, what was the moment? What was the well, thing it, that took her over to the edge that, that made her conquer her fears? We never really saw that. And that is the limbo I wish we would have seen. Like her there mm-hmm. coming to terms with this, figuring it out, whatever. And and maybe maybe that's where she turned Lockheed to, to real. You know, like using her magic abilities that she has in this movie. Like, okay, I'm going to turn you real. Okay, let's go, you know. <laughs> I need to go protect people now kind of thing. So yeah, I would imagine Lockheed is kind of confusing for somebody that doesn't know the origin of the character. Like yeah. if you're just kind of a casual, just movie viewer of the X-Men universe, like Lockheed, Lockheed would be a real kind of a, a, a real pivot from what you're used to seeing. Like X-Men always yeah. science based kind of maybe dabbling in aliens. I don't even remember. Were they aliens in dark Phoenix? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even yeah, remember the, the, the ones who came down to, yeah, I, I like I barely remember what happened in that movie, but yeah, this was kind of a big departure. So I, I would think that Lockheed would hit a little bit well, differently if you're just like, what the hell? There's a dragon here. Well, well I, and I don't think so because if if it was just out of nowhere, yes. But like she built up this puppet throughout the whole thing. Like it's one of those things. Like my wife's like, oh, Lockheed's real now. I'm like, yeah, I know. That's she, she turned he turned him real because in this movie, her ability is to make things happen, right? Like she created limbo, so on and so forth. It, her backstory. So I, I don't think it's that far stretched. I think if you would have taken the comic book version, it would never have worked. Um, I, I, well, you know, it's a good starting point. Since yeah. this movie universe is not going anywhere in the future, you yeah. know, they can, uh, they can take what works and what didn't yeah. in the future. And I think, I think, I think a lot worked, but also a lot was just kind of like par for the course uh, at, at the end of the day for this film. I, th- I think it's, it, it was it benefited from a small cast who didn't know their abilities at the start of the movie and then kind of learned them. And then like you said, they paid off with those effects at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, you, you, I think the, I think the worst part of this movie, which is just um, by the sake of it being in an abandoned franchise now is I am so tired of getting Mr. Sinister blue ball yeah. for three movies. I don't know if it's technically in a row, but he's been teased now in three movies and there was supposed to be an after credit scene where John Hamm was supposed to be Mr. Sinister. I don't know if we would have seen him in costume or if he just went a bit in a business suit carrying a briefcase because it seems like the only way that you can get that Essex Corp into your movie is like on some sort of briefcase or some sort of emblem. But like, man, I want to see at least some sort of concept art or maybe some sort of really low poly render of what a what a main what a like a cinematic Mr. Sinister was supposed to be because he has such a crazy cool comic book design. And I'm just tired of getting blue. I'm blue balled, Chris. Mm-hmm. I need to see Mr. Sinister in real life somehow. It was it was not three in a row. It was Apocalypse Logan in this one. Um, so that that's why. So Logan in this one. I mean, that's that's the other thing. But yeah, we we never we never got our uh, Mr. Sinister. But guess what? That puts a a, a great um, target on his back for Marvel to use him. 
when they go to the X-Men yeah, thing. Yeah, that that is a good point. You know, when they start developing their X-Men, you know, Mr. Sinister works. It makes sense, well, you know, experimenting on mut- he, mutants. And, well, he, he fits into the Marvel kind of kind of thing here. Science and a mutant, like, kind of thing. Like, he, mm-hmm. he's doing scientist scientific experimentations, not magical stuff. Not, you know, so he fits into that Marvel mold a little better. And, and he has a pretty strong power set. I don't know if they would kind of tweak his abilities in a cinematic universe, but he would definitely need a couple people to attack him. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't see like one strong hero being able to go up against uh, uh, Mr. Yeah, Sinister or, if he made it on screen. Exactly. Or, you know, he his Sinister's always playing the long game. Uh, so that's that's the beauty of him, right? Like he, he doesn't even have to be maybe the villain in, in, in the first movie. Like, uh, but don't don't let him. Don't leave him on the table, like, or Mike's gonna be really, really upset. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are the. Yeah, I think overall those were the thing that bugged me the most yeah. about this movie, which isn't really uh, Josh Boone's fault, yeah. but it's just like, yeah. yeah, you 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 left a lot of these things out intentionally for the idea of getting a second movie, which you which is what yeah. you do in comic book movies nowadays, and that's the thing yeah. I love the most about comic book movies is I love the universe. That's the that's the most fun uh, parts about these movies. But yeah, yeah it's just like and, I just feel like I I, I was left wanting. It, it, and it's not his fault because, again, like we said, it was originally supposed to be before Dark Phoenix, right? And before mm-hmm. an acquisition. So it had a – I mean, I think if this would have come out in that time frame and Disney never bought Fox, this, this would have had a high a high chance of a sequel. Um, but, you know, we'll never we'll never see that. But at the same time, this isn't the worst note. I actually hold this above Dark Phoenix as the last X-Men movie. I'm like, you know what? You didn't do Dark Phoenix, so you know what? You get a point in my book for, for <laughs> not doing this, so – yeah, there, there's definitely things here that they could have mined. I, I think I would have, I think I would have welcomed a sequel. You know, if Josh Boone would have gone bigger and larger in the sequel, mm-hmm. adapted these characters a little bit more, giving them bigger powers, they're starting to learn and grow. It would have been exciting to see where they go. But even if Disney wasn't purchased by Fox. Uh, I mean, you, you still got a lot of decisions that you have to make of what's yeah. the longevity of all of these characters, right? Yeah. At what point in time, if Fox was still a thing, just blow everything up, blow all of your X-Men movies up, get rid of all of these actors and maybe start try to start fresh again, you know, like X1, you know, mm-hmm. just mutants are brand new and Wolverine's coming back into town. So yeah, even, even in a perfect scenario where we could turn back to clock and undo an acquisition, like I don't think new mutants had a crazy longevity in front of it, but at least a sequel. Well, I, I think it also, I think it did in the other ones because of it tied into X 23 coming into this world and introducing Again, if you go back and look at the, the X-Men comic history, there's always been at least five X-Men books running at the same time, right? Multiple groups. But like an unsanctioned mm-hmm. group that maybe culminated in a larger X-Men event, right? Like how the Dark Phoenix should have gone. How Apocalypse should have gone rather than yeah, just making already- those like one-off <laughs> villains, so... Yeah, I'm already imagining a scene in maybe like a third movie where they've where they've met like X23, yeah. where they go back to the, like the the X mansion that I believe was supposed to be crumbled, right? Because Xavier blew it up in like dementia in his dementia state. Isn't that what happened in Logan? Uh, probably, like, yeah. I th- yeah, I think that's what happened. So I could kind of see them maybe going back to the rubble or something like that, finding like the underground bunker that's probably not exploded, and finding like old yeah. X Men costumes well, or something like that. There's fun. stuff. Stuff yeah. that that could have happened, but ultimate, but ultimately, like we still would have just been waiting around for the next MCU movie, wondering what Feige could well, do with the X Men. You know, well, what's what's 
the the one character they took out of this that was playing for the sequel is Warlock, who was a techno alien, right? He's part of the techno uh-huh. virus, which is tied into Cable. So they could have even brought Cable into this universe and had um, there was it was Sasha Baron Cohen who was who was going to voice Warlock. Oh yeah, even. that's right. So yeah. like like I think they could have actually gone to space and used time travel more in this and 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 played wild and loose with stuff and not had to been so rigid like got to have cyclops who's got to stick up his ass and gene gray is <laughs> going to be you know real unstable at some point so i, I think there's there was opportunity here and it's missed but that's fine i think you know at the end of the day we got what we got and you know if you get this on a streaming service and you're looking for something to do you won't be too upset but you could also be on your phone and not miss a whole lot too so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, uh, stay tuned for the the uh, kind of third act where the doctor gets eaten by the bear. Right. That'll be your highlight. You'll be glad that you watched that. Mm-hmm. Uh, turn it into an animated GIF. Watch it a couple times in a row. I don't, I don't know. It went on do. a long time. <laughs> that bear didn't get her one bite either. Like that was like a <laughs> like you're chewing like a rubbery piece of meat kind of thing. And that they mm-hmm. just they just they lingered. They lingered. I wanted them to cut Mike, but they didn't. They said no. <laughs> Watch her get chewed by, by this bear. Yeah, and uh, maybe I, I I mean I don't know. They were kind of all visions that came to life, but those uh creepy like Slenderman things is uh, if this movie would I think this movie was rumored for being rated R for like a brief moment. If this was rated R, I think it would have been cool to kind of maybe yeah. see them eat like a nurse or something. Maybe they could have added one or two more characters to the well, facility that could have been ripped to shreds, torn asunder. I think that would have been pretty well, cool to see. I, and I was hoping that actually it was rated R to see some of that. Um, Maybe maybe horror body horror to come to them from the the, the mutants right because mm-hmm. uh, there's one point in the hallway cannibal blasts through them and you just see their bits all over the oh, floor. Oh yeah, but yeah, I was like yeah. that would have been much cooler if it would like they would like explode into blood everywhere rather than just mm-hmm. disembodied little bits everywhere. So I, I think I think a rated R version probably would have, have turned it up one notch, but probably not enough to put it on a ten. Well, if the uh, if the producers that may or may not be owned by Disney at this point in time uh, <laughs> want to get together, I'm sure they'll release an unrated cut that has a little the, bit more blood on it. They'll still they'll suck a little bit the last amount, the last penny from the X Men Fox franchise with I, one of those. Versions. I think I think I think this is actually the the cut. Like they, I think they're done. So uh, thank God we don't have to deal with that later down the road. No, there, there's think, no boom I cut. Think this- I think this was the last. I think this was the first movie I've ever seen that was 20th century entertainment. Like uh, the the first time I had seen that logo, you know, ever since Disney bought um, mm-hmm. Fox. Isn't that what it is? They took Fox off as just 20th century entertainment. Yeah, 20th, 20th century studios. Yeah, so I was like, oh, this yeah. is an interesting way to start. But man, what a weird relic that we're left mm-hmm. with now, right? The the very last X Men movie is this weird delayed film. Uh, you know what is pretty fun? If you go to Google Images and you just search New Mutants posters, this movie was had such a long release release window. Mm. They had so much time to make promotional art for this movie. There is like at least like a dozen official posters for this movie. There's tons of commissioned art. So there's lots of interpretations of what these characters look like. And all the posters look way cooler than the movie actually was. But yeah, if you just want to go look at a bunch of cool movie posters, just search New Mutants uh, posters. There's like a like there's I think I used the IMAX poster for uh, for our review episode. There was a quite a few uh, uh, kind of illustrated ones where they 
paid a lot of really talented uh, painters and illustrators to put these characters on the cover. Uh, there's like a creepy one where they're all in black silhouette with like glowing white eyes. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of cool there's a lot of cool art out there for this movie. So uh, th- I think that's the last thing I'll, I'll leave you with. Yeah. If you if you just want to see the the weird kind of um, the the weird kind of culmination of what a really long release window looks like for a movie, yeah. uh, it's a bunch of art that I, you can go find. I think I think the one thing I I, I mentally noted while I was watching this that I want to leave on is actually the music, pretty good in this movie. Um, the ambience, mm. the 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 piano scores when needed, the orchestral scores when needed. I think the music surpass what I expected of this average movie. Um, so if you haven't watched it yet and you want to, or you will go back and listen, listen to some of those, that, that music, because I think it's one of the few times where like this, they could have just put in something generic. Um, but like, I, I feel it really enhanced some of the scene. So I would, I would recommend going back and, and listening to some of those at the end of the day. Well, Mike, that's our review. Our first review since March. Thank God we got another one in the can. It's time to go on and do our regular weekly episode, but if people know what you're up to, where can they find you at? Well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter, mm-hmm. and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, see what you're doing over there in the great state of uh, uh, Kentucky, uh, mainly what you're doing to the inside of your house, uh, all, that's, the, that's all the upgrades that you're always doing to it. Where but, can they find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, or Instagram, Valdan87. Like I said, I can't go to the movies, so I'm going to bring the movies to me. Uh, so that's why I was able to notice the sound was a lot better in this than I thought it would be. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, f- I totally forgot you have that crazy sound bar yeah. that like directionally beams audio into your earballs. Exactly. Uh, so uh, definitely, uh, definitely doing that. Uh, people want to know more about our regular news episode we do every week. Where can they find some of that at? Oh, it's so easy. All you got to do is visit SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best place to find all the avenues we host our show and to also see our show notes when we're talking about our regular news episodes. Uh, we like to put that in a nice little bulleted list for you over there at SuperheroSlate.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and wherever else you like to listen to fine podcasts. There's actually a chance that you're subscribed to our reviews podcast and not our news podcast. Mm-hmm. So there's one main feed where you can get all of that stuff in one feed. So uh, we encourage you to... To seek that out if you want to listen to the news every week. Subscribe and to both. Even though we've <laughs> and even though we've had this corona drought, we've still had lots of news to talk about this summer because there's still all the only thing Hollywood the only thing Hollywood can do right now is put stuff into production and that puts a lot of stuff I'm put in pre production. So that puts a lot of stuff out there news wise. So we've talked about a lot of stuff this summer yeah. actually surprise surprising to myself but you can like us on facebook follow us on twitter and instagram you can get merch at superheroslate.com slash store uh we love hearing from our fans we love hearing from people that maybe even aren't fans are but are begrudgingly listening i don't know uh but if you've had a chance to see new mutants either in theaters or maybe if you wait a week and you catch it on digital release let us know what you thought about the movie do you think it has a sequel potential anywhere out there do you think feige should save these characters at all i uh, Chris, I guess we didn't talk about that. Still, technically, that is a potential option. I doubt it's going to happen, but you know, if Feige really, really liked this movie, he could turn it into something. I, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't think so either. With the blatant uh, references to Professor Xavier and the footage from Logan, uh, I, I, don't, I don't think they'll they'll, <laughs> uh, they'll get around that in the Feige cut. Yeah. That's what they'll start doing. Yeah. Uh, Feige will get his own <laughs> cut. He, to, he, to retcon. he would rather cut this movie completely than do his own cut of this. I guarantee it. <laughs> no, I absolutely. agree. 
agree. But uh, if you want to be a super fan of the show, all you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy. And man, this is the first time in a while that we've been here two times in one week. But regularly, we're here every single week. So tune in and subscribe and go listen to our news episode, uh, queuing up now. We'll see you guys there. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. I was waiting for that Lego uh, Star Wars holiday special trailer to drop, man.